on. Watch out, Doc. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Do you have questions or need advice for all the aches and pains in your life? We're here to help. This is Doc Talk with Hans Olsen, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Doctor, give me the news. I got a Welcome in. It is Doc Talk here on 97.5, of The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Thanks for joining us. If you're new to Doc Talk, we got to remind you that it's brought to you by University of Utah Health. And we also remind you that it's an opportunity to call in, talk with a board-certified physician about any injuries or any issues physically that you might be dealing with. And I'm really excited for today. Um, we have one of the biggest giveaways, I think, uh, well... I can't remember the last time we had this much stuff to give away, to be quite frank with you. Um, we've got jazz tickets. And if you've been looking for weekend jazz tickets against the Spurs or weekend jazz tickets against the Rockets, uh, we've got them on the table. And this is pretty exciting. So all you got to do is come down to our clinic. It's on the corner of Wakara Way and Foothill Drive. Just look for the big giant Donovan Mitchell on the side of the building. He kind of waves you in. And if the lights aren't on it, it is. It's just the corner of Foothill and Wakara Way. And you can see us. Our physical address is 590 Wakara Way. So stop in. You'll see the Sports Network van out here. The, the Zone Sports Network van is parked out. And it's first come, first serve. We've only got an hour to unload these tickets. I've got nine pair of Jazz Spur tickets. I've got six pair of Jazz Rockets tickets. And I've got a pair. In fact, we need to unload these pretty quickly. I've got two pair of the Utes-UCLA game that is going on tonight at 830 so I've got two pair of those, and anybody that swings by can pick those up and go to that game. And then I've got a couple of pair for the Utah-USC game coming up on Sunday. So we are loaded with tickets. And by the way, when you come in, is it Reagan? Who are we thinking? Hamilton? Reagan? Johnny? Like, what? this is Reagan? Okay, you got to come in, and you just got to give Reagan a big old air hug. Don't, I, well, you know. Reagan's a high fiver. Okay, <laughs> Reagan wants a high five, but we are loaded with Jazz Spurs and Jazz Rockets tickets, and it is first come first serve. And I'm really excited because we get to sit in with one of our newer physicians, Keith Cummings. Doctor Cummings, how you doing, man? I'm good. Good it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on the Doc Talk headset. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm excited. Is this yeah. a thrill for you? It is. Did you figure once you finished? Uh, Red residency that you would jump on a headset no i didn't be an on-air no. doctor no not not at this point i know my mom's always been shooting for that <laughs> yeah making her dr oz pitches and all that but i've had, <laughs> I've had mixed feelings so maybe i can throw her a bone with this one and just say hey this, this is something for you mom you i know? love that you just referenced dr oz <laughs> uh i every once in a while i come home and like I'm trying some new diet fad and my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, I listened to Dr. Oz. He told me not to eat breakfast anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he comes up with some wacky things. Sure. Well, you might become the Dr. Oz of Doc Talk here on The Zone. Oh, so no. <laughs> we, we, we might have to make this a mainstay. Okay. But as you're familiar with, um, we open up the phone lines. 
to all of our listeners that are dealing with injuries out there, and they've got an opportunity to ask a board-certified physician about what's going on with their body and how they can fix things. Sure. And Dr. Cummings is kind enough to give us this hour and give us his thoughts and, and some of his advice and share his knowledge with how the body works and see if we can help you get back on the path to good health. And i got to admit, it's just a little bit different. This is... This is my first time uh, in, in with the doc talk being out uh, at the clinic, yeah. so it feels a little bit different. I'm seeing the same faces and and you know definitely with the same group, but we are here at the clinic and uh, you know this place does have a, a a really nice place in my heart because as I, as we were pointing out earlier, my kids use it. So the walk-in clinic is amazing, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you know very well that the walk-in clinic. You don't even need an appointment. Yeah. If you've got a kid that breaks a leg or, you know, breaks a hand or pulls a muscle or dislocates a joint, you do not need an appointment. And when you think about sports medicine, sometimes people are like, oh, man, they could be a week out, two weeks out before I get to see some of these specialists. It's first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. And when I sent my teenage daughter up here to get her knee checked, it was about a 25, 30-minute process. Yeah. And she was seen by some of the great physicians here. Mm-hmm. So it really is that easy. All right. So just to kind of unwrap this before we start taking phone calls, and, and if you do have an injury, 855-340-9663 to jump on the Doc Talk phone line with us. That's 855 855- Three four zero nine six six three to jump on the doc talk line with us. And uh, before we kind of jump into the phone calls, I just kind of want to reset this because it's a pretty big night for us as far as giveaways. Doc, the doc talk has never seen a giveaway like this, and the zone hasn't given away this many jazz tickets in a long time. Um, we've got nine tickets to the jazz spurs. Sorry, nine pairs of tickets to the Jazz Spurs game and six pairs of tickets this game coming up on Saturday and again we're just here at the corner of Wakara Way and Foothill Drive 590 Wakara Way first come first serve doors are open you can see us through the glass if you're up here by University of Utah campus you got plenty of time in fact you know what we've got plenty of tickets if you come you're more likely than not going to get yourself a pair of tickets. And then we really have to get these Utes UCLA tickets unloaded because that game goes down tonight. So come see us. Mm-hmm. I want to start with a couple of things. First and foremost, you, we were talking about uh, kind of you, where you specialize and mm-hmm. what you specialize in. It's, it's musculoskeletal mm-hmm. ultrasound. Yeah, it's definitely an interest of mine. Yeah. So tell me what musculoskeletal ultrasound entails. What are we yeah. what are we looking at when we're talking about that? Sure. So uh my my background I'm more of a non-operative uh sports medicine doc. So basically I kind of see see whatever comes in in terms of injuries or, you know, uh musculoskeletal complaints and we work really closely with the surgeons here. Uh one reason I really love working at the orthopedic center is everyone's under one roof. Everyone's just down the hallway so you can just walk down and talk with one of the surgeons if you think you got something that they would, you know, need to see sooner rather than later. So everyone works really cohesively together. Um, 
part of what we do on the non-operative side is we use ultrasound. So the same technology you use to look at a, you know, a baby um, or some other structures in the body. We can actually look at superficial structures, so tendons uh, like your rotator cuff, uh, tennis elbow, that kind of thing. And we can get a really good look at those things. Um, it's not a substitute for MRI. MRI gets a really good look at the whole picture. So inside a joint, whereas ultrasound, it can only look at the superficial stuff, but we can answer a lot of questions for patients the same day, and it can really help guide our decision-making and maybe, you know, get on top of an issue a little more quickly, um, and maybe steer us towards, you know, more of a, an easier intervention. That's a little, you know, uh, kinder on everyone in terms of time recovery and, and maybe keep them out of the OR if we can. Um, and certainly we don't uh, faint away from a surgical referral if needed, but it's, it's a neat tool that we use in the non-operative side of things just yeah, for I, diagnosis I, and treatment. I really had no idea that, that, that you had these capabilities with mm-hmm. ultrasound to diagnose. So, for instance, if, you know, I was just talking about a dislocated kneecap sure. in a dislocated joint situation, mm-hmm. you're able to kind of diagnose that with the ultrasound and get a better look for what you're going to do operatively or non-operatively. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a dislocated kneecap, for example, it can be helpful. Um, you know, you could look and see is the majority of the swelling and the soft tissue. Uh, there's a ligament that you, you tear when you dislocate that patella. It kind of slides out to the side. Uh, and that ligament more on the inner side of your knee that keeps it in place, that could be more torn. You can get a look at that with ultrasound. Um, you can usually put that picture together uh, with the history, with your physical exam too. But it's, it's real helpful to just kind of confirm things and make your decision-making a little more certain and, and maybe save everyone a little more time and less, you know, scratching your head and talking about what could be going on and be a little more sure about everything and, you know, makes the process a little more smoother. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you, you find something you don't expect, that can certainly affect how you, you treat someone. Um, so maybe you don't find what you expect with that ultrasound and may say, you know, an MRI would be more appropriate, or I think you should see one of my surgical colleagues. This could be more of an internal derangement, better treated with a surgery rather than physical therapy or an injection. So yeah, you just finished your residency, right? I did. Yeah. And, and that was here at the university. Of yeah. Utah. Yeah. How was, how is that residency? Is that, is, is that intense? Is it sure hours, <laughs> just hours and hours and yeah. what, what goes into a residency? Uh, so my background is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a smaller specialty. It's called physical medicine and rehabilitation. And basically we, uh, kind of combine neurology and orthopedics is kind of how I explain it. And we do more of the non-operative side there too. So, uh, a lot of these things are familiar to me just cause I've seen a lot of it in residency and, and we do a little more biomechanical assessment. We kind of look from head to toe. Um, if you think of the body as a chain kind of connected to the ground all the way up to your head, if you have a disturbance in one link of that chain, it can affect things in other places. So, um, that's sort of what I'm coming from. Uh, and I, residency is intense, especially if you go on to do a fellowship such as sports medicine. You know, you got to work hard. You got to do some extra stuff with research, with volunteer activities, sports coverage, for instance. Um, but for me, that was a very energizing thing to do those extra things and, uh, you know, enjoy going to the training room and seeing the athletes compete and recover from injuries. So uh, it, it was hard, but certainly people have it much harder than I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really enjoyed my training here at the university yeah you're listening to dr keith cummings it's doc talk brought to you by the university of utah health 
you know, it's an opportunity really for you as a listener. If you've had an issue, an injury, something maybe that's been nagging you for years, maybe something that just happened on the ski slopes, or maybe it's something from an old car accident or a bike wreck. Uh, maybe it's just something that has popped up because of multiple use or, or overuse of a muscle or a mm-hmm. joint. Well, we've got a really simple solution for you. Just call us, 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone, and you can ask Dr. Cummings about it. You know, And, and it really is kind of nice. It uh, gives you a jump start and a, and a direction to go to get back to good health. That number is 855 855- Three four zero nine six six three, and remember, with Doc Talk today, it is the biggest giveaway that we've had in Doc Talk history. We've got nine tickets to the Jazz versus the Spurs coming up tomorrow night, and we've got six—sorry, nine pairs of tickets—and we've got six pairs of tickets to the Jazz Rockets game coming up on Saturday. Our physical address for today's Doc Talk, and I, I think people are probably pretty f- un- unfamiliar with us being out for Doc Talk, but we are actually on location for a Doc Talk today at 590 Wakara Way. So come down and see us. Put it in, the, uh, put it in navigation. That's 590 Wakara Way. And you'll come over to the front doors, and you'll see us kind of through the glass windows. It's pretty easy to find us down here. And it's first come, first serve for these, these tickets. Again, that's 590 Wakara Way. And give us a call here on Doc Talk, 855-340-9663. I'm curious to know, what, what's the most common injury that, that you deal with? with as, a, as a non-operative doctor, what's the most common thing that you deal with? Sure. Um, if it's just kind of all comers, uh, we definitely see a lot of back and neck issues. But I think, uh, you know, we, we have some specialists here that uh, uh, really focus specifically on spine care. So they may see more of that than we do in the sports medicine realm. Um, but I would say it's kind of a tie between the shoulder and the knee. You know, definitely a lot of rotator cuff issues. You know, people have had shoulder pain nagging them for a while or kind of creeps up on them, starts to hurt at night when they're reaching overhead, things like that. Or they're starting to get some knee pain they didn't have before. Uh, Those are probably the two main joint problems we see um, as far as just kind of stuff that sort of starts out of the blue without any specific injury they can recall. This time of year, we're definitely seeing a lot of knee injuries with ski season getting into full swing. So it's not uncommon. We have people out there on the weekend, and then Monday Monday evening we're pretty busy just seeing a lot of knee injuries because of the slopes, um, especially if we had a fresh powder day or something, or the ice for yeah. different reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I bet when those slopes get ugly, I, I'm sure mm-hmm. you get uh, kind of a high volume of injuries coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got somebody. Steve is tweeting at me, and he's asking, is there anything that I can do to ensure joint health. Sure. So that's definitely uh, an area of widening research. You know, we're, we're doing our best to find that out. Uh, there are a lot of things out there. Um, I think there's a lot of still a lot of research to be done in terms of how certain we can be that those things actually help. Um, off the top of my head, I don't have any specific recommendations other than, you know, good, good body weight. So keeping your BMI less than 25, that's kind of more the ideal between 19 to 25 for most folks that can really help your knees out in particular. So healthy weight, 
Um, eating healthy will help with that as well. So just getting on a good nutrition plan. Um, and as far as like specific supplements and all that, I can't really make any specific recommendations. Um, there are some people who swear by different things and, you know, maybe certainly we'll find that some of that helps. Um, I've heard since I've lived in Utah for about five years now that, that definitely supplements are kind of more popular around here. But, you know, I wouldn't probably say anything specific about certain ones. Uh, another question coming in about the importance of being flexible or flexibility. Mm-hmm. How, how much are, is it showing that that high level of flexibility is actually limiting or reducing injury in athletes? Sure. Um, because I know that there's been multiple studies that have come out and, yeah. and shown the benefits mm-hmm. and then some that have shown that it's not as beneficial as some lead to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, kind of the former thought was just to, you know, be as bendy as you can before your activity. But I think more recently, you know, they, they've sort of kind of settled more on some stretching is good, you know, having some flexibility, but more of a dynamic warm up rather than a, a static stretching session for minutes, um, kind of holding it for over 30 seconds if you are going to stretch just to loosen things up a little bit, but even more kind of stretching and moving at the same time. So sort of, you know, bending over and reaching for your toes, but also pulling them towards you and then just walk forward a step and keep doing that uh, just to help warm up those muscles and wake them up. Because a lot of muscle injury is just, you know, you haven't woken the nerve muscle communication up itself. And then you may, you know, pull a muscle because of that. Um, but as far as uh, I forgot the original question, if you could just say that one just more time. Just the importance Sorry. of stretching. How much yeah. it can actually reduce the uh, reduce the frequency of injury? Sure. Um, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head, to be honest. I think it's wise to do a good warm up routine for a few minutes at least, and not go in cold. But you know, you, you do tend if you're doing a really quick explosive uh activity you may not want to overstretch and just feel like you lose some power um i know that's kind of vague but i think we're not we, we don't have a good solid answer for that necessarily you know we were talking about it coming out of the, the winter months and how the body kind of slows down and we're kind of getting used to staying indoors and maybe not as active and as the temperatures start to warm and we get out there and we start hitting the trails and the paths and we're we're running and doing these things the importance of really building the body back up before we hit some really hard physical activity Mm -hmm. um you know i i was thinking about how you could really reduce the amount of injuries or or really reduce the frequency of injuries in a person if they just take good care of their body before mm. they go out for these you know heavy more physical activities yeah absolutely you know i'm i'm a big believer in that too and i've seen a lot of patients over the years where you know they're they've had health issues that have kept them from exercise for one reason or another and they finally get the all clear you know hey go for it you know get back out there but then they you know run uphill for an hour at a time and that's just too much if you haven't done anything in a long time so um, particularly with running one good rule of thumb is not to increase your training regimen by 10 percent you know uh, every uh, week or so just to give your body a chance to catch up because especially the older you get you can certainly get in really good shape uh, but you may not adapt quite as quickly so especially if you're getting you know closer towards your 40s and 50s and above you want to definitely give your body some time to catch up before pushing it a little harder. You're listening to Doc Talk 97.5, 12 into the zone. We're here 
on location, 590 Wakara Way. We're actually at the clinic. Come on in and see us. It's at the corner of Wakara Way and Foothill Drive. And we've been talking about this. We've got Jazz Spurs tickets that we're giving away. And it's first come, first serve. We've also got Jazz Houston Rockets tickets that Reagan was kind enough to get us. And we've still got plenty of those to give away. And we want these gone before the end of the show. So it's first come, first serve. I know it's a little bit later in the evening. People aren't really used to Doc Talk being on remote or Doc Talk giving away things. But this is a, a unique instance and an opportunity for you to get some free jazz tickets by coming down and seeing us. That's 590 Wakar Way up here on the University of Utah campus. Jazz Spurs, Jazz Rockets, and then we've got the Utah-UCLA game that's going on tonight at 830 and we've got a couple of pair of tickets, first come, first serve for those. We'll take a quick break. We'll line up those phone lines, and we'll get to some of your questions. That's coming up next on Doc Talk. You're listening to Doc Talk, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Giving away some jazz tickets on Doc Talk tonight on location. Kind of a changeup. Right, Reagan, throw that headset on. <laughs> Reagan, are we going to be on location from now on? Are we going to be out and about a little bit for Doc Talk? If, if we get some more listeners out here tonight, then we may make this a regular occurrence. Okay, so Reagan has brought out Utah Jazz Spurs tickets and Utah Jazz Houston Rockets tickets, and he has given them away down here at clinic. We still have. Plenty of pairs to give away. We've got nine pairs of Jazz Spurs tickets, six pairs of Jazz Rockets tickets. I know people out there have been clamoring to get their hands on these Jazz tickets. Mm -hmm. So Reagan has put them out there. Now all i got to do is stop by 590 Wakar Way and pick them up off the table, and they are all yours. It is really that simple. Again, that's the corner of Wakar Way and Foothill Drive. And if, if you get some people rolling out here, maybe we do this again. Get some more tickets and come out and give them away to the listeners. Um, we're sitting here with Dr. Keith Cummings, and we've been having a, a great conversation in regards to non-operative uh, injuries and non-operative recovery. Mm-hmm. And I really, want to, I really want to focus on the shoulder for just a second. It seems like one of the more common joints that's injured. Sure. And I want to talk about a dislocation or a severe injury. What are some of the things as far as treatment that you start with? Yeah, so uh, dislocation is an interesting thing in terms of just kind of how big the contrast is, is uh, from when it happens to when you put it back. Uh, I work up at uh, Snowbird on uh, the ski clinic up there on weekends, and uh, you know we had a, we get a lot of those coming in, and boy, the patients just hurt so much when it happens. But then you get them back in, you see the huge clunk, and then just this instant relief on their face. It it just feels so much better. Um, so the problem with uh, the shoulder dislocating uh, you have several uh, stabilizing ligaments that are there uh, and now those may be a little lax a little loose you also have uh, your shoulder being sort of like a ball and socket uh, the socket you can maybe get a little chip in the uh, the front of it and maybe have a little bit more prone uh, 
or be a little more prone to a dislocation. So the challenge is, uh, particularly with younger people, because they're more they're more flexible, they're more bendy, uh, so to speak. So uh, they're more prone to dislocating. So you just kind of got to keep them in, uh, you know, more of a restricted uh, position for, you know, maybe even two, three weeks. Maybe let them out to do a little bit of pendulum exercises, meaning you just kind of let that shoulder wiggle a little bit, you know, as you bend towards the ground, keep it loose, keep that elbow moving too. Um, but then you, you just kind of got to see where things go after that. But it's actually a little bit of a controversial uh, area. You know, when do you operate? When do you not? Um, so that's the, being an, op, an non-operative guy. That's sort of where I hand them off to the surgeons, especially if they're, they're re-dislocating, um, which is, like I said, the young folks, their problem. The older you get, the more uh, less, the less stretchy you are. Mm-hmm. So you tend to stay in place a lot more easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing before we jump out to the callers, yeah. 855-340-9663. If I'm with my kids, or, or maybe it's me, and I see a shoulder come out, or I see a kneecap dislocate, mm. or a finger dislocate, what is the rule of thumb for resetting that dislocation? Hmm. It, should I should I try to reset that? Should I try to get it back into socket, or do I try to get them to a physician as soon as sure. I can? Because I've yeah. I've re, I've reset some different joints that have gone out. Yeah, yeah. And so I never know what the rule of thumb. What do physicians suggest? Sure. I mean, you know, just just being in the medical field and having my background and training, I, I would probably prefer that that be be seen by someone with some kind of medical background so you know if they're in obviously you may be in a different situation you're in the middle of the woods that kind of thing the rules may change a little bit but if if you have access to healthcare, someone with a you know a good knowledge of musculoskeletal injuries you know for instance we have a lot of really great athletic trainers that work with our athletes and sometimes they'll put it back in right away and that's 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 great if you can especially if you have any things like numbness tingling you know you're losing the pulses in the limb that's an emergency and you know it should probably go back in um but i i I would have to say probably just if someone has that training get get them to someone with that kind of background um that doesn't always happen you know and you just kind of do your best in the situation but uh yeah does that that answer the question it it does yeah it, it does but it just it always seems like if you can get that thing back in, it provides such instant relief. It, it does. Relief. And, and yeah, you know, I, th- I think the, the only reason I would probably hesitate to say like, yeah, let's just have anyone do it. Um, is just, you know, you know, you have the background and you, you kind of know when things look a little bit more abnormal and maybe when you should talk to a surgeon or someone about maybe there's a loose fragment in there, a bone or something. Um, so that's why I would probably err on the side of saying, let's get a, someone with a medical training to do it if possible. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's jump out to the phone calls and 855-340-9663. Danny, you're up first with Dr. Cummings. Go ahead, Danny. Hi. So uh kind of got this uh, recurring foot injury that i mm. um, not really exactly sure what the cause is, what the remedy is, but it seems like sometimes, you know, when I'm running, uh, after I finish – you know, like I've kind of got this this ache in the joint of my big toe, kind of the, mm-hmm. where it connects to like the ball of the foot. You know, like it, you know, and over the next day or so, it'll just kind of be this stabbing pain right in the middle of that joint, and I'm not mm-hmm. exactly sure how to treat that, what the cause is. So I was wondering if you could help me out with that. 
Sure. Yeah, that, that joint is definitely a problem area for a lot of people. Uh, it can be for different reasons, though. So, uh, do you mind if I ask your age? Uh, I'm 30. 30. Yeah. So you're you're a young guy. Um, I'm about 32. So I, you know, I I, uh, I get a little of that myself sometimes. Um, you know, it, it depends on your foot shape. Uh, for instance, myself, I'm pretty flat-footed. I've got a bunion there. Um, so what really helps me uh, is is having a good toe box, you know, having enough room for my foot in there in, in terms of my toe, uh, not banging into things, things like that. Uh, I would work on your calf stretching and just your flexibility with your ankle, uh, dorsiflexion we term it. So basically your toes pointing towards your knee, that kind of thing. So calf stretches, uh, soleus muscle stretching, Achilles tendon stretching um, if you're not fle- if you're a little too uh, pointed with your toes pointing down and you have trouble pointing those toes up you may be overloading the front of your foot a little bit um, one thing you could also experiment with is uh, you know trying to get a, sort of like a rigid uh, they'd call it a, a rigid first ray orthosis so that's something you could uh, pick up off amazon.com you know anywhere uh, online and that can give you a little bit more support in that joint um, especially with more of a rigid sole in your shoe too so if you're using something that's pretty floppy and bendy you might try a stiffer sole and see if that gets rid of the pain that does it for me with hiking wow yeah that's something that so, simple huh? can, yeah yeah can change it that much mm-hmm. and and why would the calf be affecting that yeah so if you're if you're real real tight back there is another another one of my own problems uh you, you just kind of tend to point point your toes down and you, you just can't quite when, when you're landing you're probably more prone to not have your ankle go through that full range of motion um so your your foot may land a little more pointed and you're just kind of not rolling your ankle uh, with your toes pointing back up throughout your stride. So you might be sort of banging the front of that foot a little bit too much because the calf is pulling it back and pointing your toes down a little more. So, Danny, any other questions we can help you with? I think that's it. That, that's really helpful. Great. Uh, one other thing I'll throw out there for the orthopedic center. We do have a, a gait analysis we do often with runners, and they can actually take a look at you and you know give you some exercises to uh, help with whatever they see on that too. So, Dr. Cummings, in that mm-hmm. gait analysis, what, what things are they looking for mostly? Yeah, I mean, they can look look at your pronation and supination with the ankle, which is basically, you know, how, how your foot is kind of uh, landing or, or pointing in midair. So are you kind of rolling in or out, so to speak? Uh, and that can, you know, cause them to maybe recommend some different shoes, uh, maybe work on different strengthening exercises for your ankle. Um, uh, it could see, you know, how your foot is striking, you know, is your toe striking more than your heel, that kind of thing. Is there a proper yeah. way to strike when you run? That's also a little controversial. You know, I, I, some people are toe runners. I, I tend to be that way more myself because I was a sprinter in high school for track and field. And uh, I seem to do fine with that. I'm not a real long distance runner. Other people land more on their heels. Um, one thing that we do commonly find is that telling people to just run a little bit quicker, you know, not necessarily the same max speed, but their cadence, you know, how, how many times their feet are hitting per minute, uh, that can actually help people quite a bit in terms of their running 
running efficiency and you know, maybe some pain. Uh, people tend to use their calves a lot when they run. I, I'm guilty of this as well. I'm just listing all my uh, problems tonight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they don't really use their glutes or their, their buttocks, basically. So they're, they're just kind of overloading those calves. They're getting heel pain and all sorts of stuff down there. Um, and they really need to utilize those big, powerful glute muscles to just kind of take the load off the rest of the legs. So that's more what they look at. You know, or could, could we spread that load out to another part of that chain of the body? and uh, relieve another link in that chain. Is that something that's typically a one-time session? Or is that something where it's kind of a continued return session? I think it depends. You know, it, it, for instance, uh, you know, this caller, he's having a little little pain there. You know, maybe they, they get a good look at him and say, you look pretty good. Um, you know, let's try this and see me as needed versus, you know, maybe this has been a chronic problem for a few years now that might take a few more visits and an extended period of time to, you know, sufficiently evaluate that and uh, treat it. That opens up the phone line. Thanks for the call, Danny. 855-340-9663. It's Doc Talk, and we are on location giving you Utah Jazz tickets. We've got Jazz Spurs coming up tomorrow night. And we've got Jazz Rockets coming up for Saturday night. All you got to do is stop by 590 with Car Away, and the tickets are yours. It's first come, first serve. We also have one pair left of the Utah-UCLA game tonight. One pair left of the Utah-UCLA game tonight. So we'll get you a pair of tickets to get you up there to the Huntsman Center tonight to watch that. And we have some Utah-USC tickets for Sunday night. So Reagan's done a great job putting some tickets on the table. And then we've got Utah Jazz socks. It's actually a co-logo of University of Utah Health and Utah Jazz, but these are really nice cushioned socks, and you can come in and grab a pair of socks, and we still have a couple of pieces of jazz gear on the table as well. Put it in the, the uh, navigation, 590, car away. Come on down and see us. Grab a pair of these jazz tickets and hang out with us. We'll open up the phone lines coming up next, 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone lines with Dr. Cummings. That's all coming up next on Doc Talk. You're listening to Doc Talk, presented by University of Utah Health on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is Doc Talk, and we are on location 590 with Carway. Come on down. You can grab a pair of Utah Jazz tickets. We've had some great listeners come in grabbing some Jazz tickets. We've got one pair of Jazz Rockets for Saturday. We still are loaded with Jazz Spurs tickets. And we've got one pair of Utah-UCLA that's tonight. That thing tips tonight at 8.30. So you can come by, grab a pair of tickets, get that up there for a date night. So some great giveaways courtesy of the University of Utah Health. Remember, if you need to check things out, you can go to sportsmed.uofuhealth.org, or you can just find us on our general hospital site at uofuhealth.org. And we were just talking back and forth with Reagan, talking about the in- injury clinic, and Dr. Cummings, we're talking kind of more specifically about acute injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, things, injuries that are within the last three months. So something that is, you know, something that has occurred, something that's broke or popped or strained. And this injury clinic is open to everybody. Yeah, yeah. So 
tell us what happens if somebody comes in for this injury clinic, and I'll give you the times, Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., and Friday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Kind of walk us through the process, Dr. Cummings, of uh, you know how people come in and take advantage of this clinic where you don't need an appointment to take care of these injuries. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a real exciting thing. You get to see a, a specialist, uh, usually one more of the non-operative providers like myself, who gets to good, take a good initial look at people, you know, and just kind of help triage things from there. Um, you know, we do see things that are surgical and we work with the surgeons so we can get you to them more quickly. Uh, so basically, let's say you're out on the mountain, your knee hurts you, you're not really quite sure what you did, but something doesn't feel right. You can come in later that night and be seen. Uh, we open at four and usually we do have uh, quite a crowd on, say, like a Monday, but we're open all week, you know. So any, any uh, night you're out there uh, and something happens, you can come in. Uh, it is first come, first serve. So you may have a little bit of a wait if we have a big crowd, but it's not uncommon and we'll be able to see people within the hour or so if they all you know kind of show up sporadically throughout the night um but what we do is we have our medical assistant come in just kind of get you know a little detail from you um and we can kind of base it off you know what, what do we need to do what do we need do we need an x-ray for this and typically we do you know because there was some some injury of some sort uh we'll we'll get those we'll come talk to you get a little bit more of the history about what's going on we'll examine you and then we'll usually look at those uh imaging studies together which are typically x-ray but we do have an ultrasound machine which we can use to our advantage and you know take a look at some of those tendons and other structures that are more superficial um, that can help guide our decision making so we see that we come up with a plan and we we certainly involve you in that as well uh, and we can get you to the right person which may be one of us seeing you in a week or two uh, with some strict precautions you know not to bear weight things like that advance to activity slowly things like that and we can help get you back in action you know or if we do say something you know we see a busted acl or something else that really needs a surgical consultation we can help arrange that too it's that easy just come on into clinic and and it's here where we are right Mm -hmm. now 590 we're car away and again you've got just about another half hour to stop in and grab a pair of these jazz tickets or grab a pair of these utah usc or utah ucla tickets off the desk johnny lightfoot's hanging out and he's here to help you um i've got a question coming in from joe on jazz on twitter and he said what's worse a severe tear in the meniscus or an ACL tear? Well, they can both uh, cause a lot of trouble for people, but I would say the ACL, it's more of a, a stabilizing structure. You know, compared to the meniscus, it's more some extra cartilage in there. And it's, it's hard to know exactly what he means by severe. Um, that can be quite painful. Um, sometimes that can actually sort of flip up if there's a bucket handle tear, they call it. Think of pulling a bucket handle up, um, and it can uh, actually impede the motion of the knee. So they can both be pretty pob- problematic, but if you're a high-level athlete or someone that even likes to do any kind of cutting or pivoting, usually that ACL is going to need a, some kind of reconstructive surgery with a graft. But uh, the, the meniscus, you know, that might be something that may calm down a little bit, especially if it's something that just happened. Hmm. So we may, we may give that a little more time. Um, yeah. Do, do meniscus tears, do they, uh, do they lead to arthritis? Well, it depends on what setting you're, you're, you're thinking about it. Um, 
you know, certainly if something's a little abnormal in the knee in some regard, you know, there was some injury, ACL, and you know, or meniscus, you know, and you do have less cartilage there uh, in terms of the fibrocartilage itself, which is what the uh, the meniscus is. It's like a big pad of cartilage, which is different than the the hyaline cartilage, which is the smooth stuff like yeah. the Teflon on your knees. So with less pad there, uh, if they have to take some of that out because you get uh, an acute tear when you're you know a young guy playing ball further down the road, you know, you know, we may consider seeing some more arthritis at some point, uh, but it can be a little challenging to predict that. Um, and then I'm sorry, was there another uh, nope, follow up question? There? Nope, that was it. And yeah. then I, I'm I'm curious in in your opinion and, and where you've just you know really gone through residency and and finished up the bulk of of your schooling and looking at all this new research in your opinion or you know in in your very educated opinion do you believe that eventually we're going to be able to regenerate and and fix cartilage and knees mm-hmm. and and joints i think i think it's I think we're years away from that, honestly. You know, it's the body's just so complex and the uh, the cellular cascades and mechanisms behind that. I think we're still really trying to figure out how do we how do we direct that? So there are some some different procedures. Uh, and again, this isn't quite my area of expertise, but they're, you know, growing some cartilage and trying to plant that back in there and see if that can help. Um, but really, I, I think we, we don't have a good solution for regrowing cartilage yet. And I think we are pretty far away from that. It's crazy to me that we can graft a bone, but mm-hmm. we can't graft cartilage. Sure. Yeah. So you can't stitch cartilage into an, an area and it and it doesn't conjoin like it would with bone it's it's not quite a, a slam dunk like we wish it was yeah versus a different kind of graft somewhere else um so there, there are some procedures they'll do for cartilage defects we're saying your knee they'll take a little piece of cartilage and they'll you take part of that s- surface that's not bearing weight usually and it still has cartilage and it's kind of thought of you know a little spare and they'll transfer that to a, a defect that's further out in the knee where you do bear weight um, but there are certain criteria you have to meet usually you have to be pretty young it has to be a certain size and you know your, your body weight's got to be a kind of a healthier body weight just to make sure that might have a chance of doing well but again that, unfortunately i'm not a surgeon and that's a little bit outside of my uh, scope where, where you work inside yeah. the non-operative world yeah is it can you overcome an acl without a surgery some people do, you know, and it, again, it depends on their activity level. So let's say you like to just, you know, do stationary bike for exercise. You know, you kind of keep it in one plane uh, with your knee motion um, versus you're a soccer player cutting and pivoting. That's someone that's really going to work that ACL versus someone that's on a bike a lot. You know, they might be able to get by without it after that swelling goes down and they strengthen their quad muscles and their hamstrings. They might they might actually do all right. So it, it is a conversation. It's not a, you know, you have to have an ACL surgery per se, but it, everyone's a little different with their lifestyle. And, and But the MCL is a different story. The MCL, the MCL is usually one that uh, we don't that's on the inside of the knee. It hurts a lot when you hurt it. There's a lot of uh, pain receptors in that particular ligament. It does help stabilize, but it tends to be a non-operative one, actually. Yeah, so uh, you, you usually hurt that when you hurt your meniscus because of the way you bend your knee. It sort of tweaks the inside, too. But we tend to be pretty much non-operative for most situations. And if we do have to operate it on it, it's usually because uh, you've busted your ACL or something else that's more of an important stabilizing structure. Well, Dr. Cummings, I've kind of thrown rapid-fire questions at you. <laughs> no worries. That's why I'm here. 
I appreciate, I appreciate your patience with me. I always come in. I've got a thousand things that sure. I want to go over. And a lot of times I don't get an opportunity to ask my questions. And uh, it was kind of nice. Um, you're listening to Doc Talk. We will be back in two weeks. So if you weren't able to get a call in this week, then you can join us in two weeks and you can jump on with us. And Dr. Cummings, thank you so much for taking your time and yeah. giving us some thoughts in the, in the medical world. And congratulations on residency. Oh, yeah. Congratulations on working in the finest clinic in the state of Utah. It's, uh, it's great to be here. I enjoy be here, uh, being here. I'd love to see anyone out there uh, in clinic here. So uh, we've got a great group of people here. Yeah, you do. University of Utah Health, the absolute best. When you're looking for a physician, if you're in need of anything, joint replacement or non-operational, you're going to look at the University of Utah Health every single time. You can find them at sportsmed.uvuhealth.org. And remember our injury clinic. Look, it's not even my clinic, but I'm really proud of this clinic. Like, I absolutely love it. My kids have used it. And it is so convenient to not have to have an appointment, mm-hmm. but still be seen by the best physicians in the state of Utah. We're talking about the guys that work with the University of Utah, that work with the Utah Jazz, and you have an opportunity to see them. Big thanks to Reagan for putting together a fantastic remote and location. We really appreciate him and his, all his hard work. Big thanks to Hamilton. He always does a fine job in, in organization. He's the absolute bomb. Love that guy. Big thanks to Johnny Lightfoot and Brian back in the studio as well. This has been another epi- episode of Doc Talk, and we'll see you back here in two weeks on 97.5, 12 into the zone in the Zone Sports Network.